everybody, welcome to No Instructions number 13. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And I didn't open my bag ahead of time. I got a message from somebody today that said, please continue to do the bag dumps on the podcast. Nice. Do we respect this person? Huh? Is this somebody that I know? I, I don't know who it was. We're doing it. But I like the idea. Well, we'll appease everybody. I've already done it. Yeah. And you're about to do it. So we're not doing it and doing it at the same time. You're welcome. Oh. It's a big one. This is bag number nine of... Big dump. <laughs> this is a big dump. Bag number nine of the Lion, the Black Lion, of the Voltron Lego set. Yep. And how many bags does this thing have? 25. Well, the Black Lion has five bags. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we're we're going to give him legs, front legs, with bag number nine. Cool. Bag number 10 does the head and the little wings. Mm-hmm. And 11 gives him the his back legs. Cat butt. Yep. Cool. Some heels. All right. Well, my, my dump is done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm ready to go. Sweet. Is this mine? No, that's no. yours. This is mine. Don't, don't touch mine. Well, I, there's black lions laying all over the place. <sighs> this has been a week. That was a that was a good breath. That was a good exhale. It's been a very busy week. It's been a week. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anything you want to say about this week? Um, I don't. I don't. Do people want to hear about like I like to make stuff stuff on here, or is this non stuff stuff? I don't know. Hmm. I, I will. <laughs> I don't know. We've been busy, and I've been looking forward to these Legos all week long. Yeah. Me too. There are many projects. <laughs> That are outstanding. Yeah. In progress. Or. It's both. That was a double entendre. So they are outstanding in their scope and outstanding in their duration. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That is true. I have a little bit of guilt about doing this right now because I don't feel like it's been a super productive week. And so. That's not entirely true. That's just my, you know, the way I am. And so I feel a little well, guilty about like, hey, let's go play with some Legos. I think that's a good question. <clears throat> yeah. Is it? I think that you and I both have the same affliction where we really feel like we have to get stuff done, yeah. like we're box checkers. Yeah. And so from my perspective, I don't know, maybe is it, we have different duties. Like you've been doing things and I've been doing things kind of separately this week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been checking boxes. You've gotten a lot done. Especially and then on to hear you say products. that you haven't gotten stuff done, I come out there and there's there's new pieces of stuff. There's things that <laughs> haven't existed before that currently exist. I'm like, how do you not feel productive? Like, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're moving. Everything is moving. Yeah. And so I get, I'm curious as to that, that perspective. Like, what is it? Is it the physical, tangible thing that you are lacking that makes you feel that way? Mm. Or is it there's still like tasks remaining maybe not the quantity of tasks but there are still actual tasks to do so i think the thing that makes me feel productive or lets me check boxes right now there are a lot of things that make me feel productive but i look at content release mm-hmm. and so if something is moving like tangibly closer to content being released on schedule and we had a whole conversation offline about this the other day about scheduling and about like that stuff but so even though like i can do stuff the entire time which i don't but i could do stuff the entire day week and if it didn't actually move any content being closer to ready for release Uh then i would still feel like like i've been spinning wheels even Mm -hmm. if that stuff was valuable and like maybe setting up for future content or whatever it just you know these release dates are the things that i want to hit things and so if i don't feel like we're any closer to that then it just feels like it's it's been work but not production productivity not production does that make sense Mm -hmm. well we did i mean the three of us the you and i and forby had talked about skipping a week that just never happened i mean we kind of did we skipped a a project video um you know, and put out the Maker Fair video, which is cool. And it was a good video. Um, it was less work in post-production for you and I, because mm-hmm. before we did all the edit- editing, I didn't have to do anything else to it. And so there was still content that went out. But in my mind, like, skipping, it still kind of skipped a week as far as projects. So 
I don't know. I've had a lot of wrestling, internal wrestling lately with all of this in, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's give it all up and go be treasure hunters. <laughs> We've talked about the, the treasure at West before, right? Have we talked about this? Not on the podcast. I've talked about it, or I've researched it. Okay. And I know that you've mentioned it somewhere. Yeah. Okay. It's so, really fascinating. So the way I heard about this, what's the guy's name? I have no idea. We found out about it separately. I'm going to find out. You, you talk. Okay. So the way I found out about this, there's this event that I go to every, the last several years I've gone. It's in January, and it's a closed event. It's like an invitation-only thing. And so... Basically, when you get there, it's an unconference, so there's no schedule ahead of time. People that show up to attend also bring an idea for something they want to present, and then the schedule is made on the spot, and so you don't know what you're going into. And it's the, the schedule for these talks or these presentations is everything. It's anything that anybody wants to bring with them. So there's like... Stuff on, you know, data mining. There's stuff on social change of all different types. There's stuff, There's a, there was a horseback archer there one time that wow. decided to show how to shoot things with a bow and arrow on the back of a horse. Hmm. They taught you how to- a horse? No, but it was outside and he still kind of got the whole thing across. It was really crazy. I didn't go like to that one. a pretty important part of that demonstration. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go to that one, okay. so I don't know. Um, somebody brought bees and did a whole thing on beekeeping. One time people do, they, te- they taught you how to saber champagne bottles. So they mm. actually had a bunch of sabers and a bunch of champagne bottles in the Google office. Nice. And we're just breaking bottles. So anyway, one of the things, one of the talks was this guy, I know Nick, who's very successful, very intelligent, told us this story about a- Forrest Finn. Forrest Finn. Is his name. Okay. Um, this is guy was an art collector. This is all secondhand. I've never done any of this research, but this guy was an art collector, uh, really successful. Apparently had a whole lot of money um, and was an outdoorsman. I think he flew in the Air Force. Yeah, he was an Air Force pilot. Spent a lot of time outdoors and basically got to a point in his career or his life where he was just like, I want to do something fun. I want to get people to go hunt for treasure. Yep. So he made this treasure hunt with put a box put all the stuff in it some of which was antiquity some of it was i think there's like a lot of money in it yeah, there's like gold like chunks of gold and so he was like a really avid treasure yeah collector yeah like of uh american nostalgia and some stuff that's like monetarily really really valuable yeah and, and he has, box and and he has photos of it. Yeah, yeah. What's it, what's in there, mm-hmm. everything. And then the treasure that you get to keep is not necessarily the box. Like That's stuff that he wants back. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. So there's a cash prize for finding this thing. Hmm. Basically, you buy, you find the box, and then you give it back to him, and he gives you $2 million or whatever it is. Oh. Because there's stuff in there. There's like a, a Byzantine-era headdress that's yeah. worth like some crazy amount of money. Or maybe it's just worth something to him. I don't know. But there's a bunch of stuff in there. So he hides this thing. In the United States. <laughs> Specifically the Rockies. Specifically in the Rockies. But that's really about all you know. And he went through this whole... So the guy that was telling me about this talked for an hour, hour and a half about all of this stuff that has happened since the guy released this thing or talked about it. A lot of the research that he had done. And it's just like way more than I can cover now. But basically he wrote a poem about where this thing is and it's super open-ended and super vague on purpose mm-hmm. and the whole it's purpose of the, the poem poems are, are compiled in a book well there's one single poem that's like the the key like he was like this is the map okay and so you follow this map and then there's a bunch of other stuff that he's written around it to give people clues and some of it's like false leads and he has a website where he posts these journal things and some of them and it's like a conspiracy theories you know, theorists dream because you go into yeah. every single one of these things and like any of it could be, you know, and it's just, the stories are really crazy once you start going down this rabbit hole. But the purpose of this whole thing was to get people into national parks, mm-hmm. into Yosemite to go explore and to look for something. And I think that is super cool. Yep. Super cool. And all the, the stories and everything are just crazy, but I'm normal. 
So it's like extremely open-ended poetry. Oh, yeah. And so it says in the Rockies, and so people have narrowed down um, different rivers. And it's like, well, it had to be in this river because he mentioned, and it was like where the river bends or where the river turns red or stops flowing or it's, it's some yeah. extremely vague thing. And there's only really so many clever names for rivers. And his poem could match up with many of them. And people are convinced that they know where it is. And so if he's ever interviewed, like people try to get stuff out of him and he's like, just read the, read the poem. It's Everything all in the poem. Like yep. stop thinking too deep into it. Yep. And I guess someone has gotten within 200 feet of the actual treasure. Oh really? Yeah. That's the closest I think I've seen. Wow. And I don't know how he knows this. So I don't know if people come back to him and go like, look, man, I was here and here and here and here and here. And he's like, hmm, interesting all the while. And his head's like, man, that dude, if he just would have turned around. <laughs> the um, thing is, they don't really know what they're looking for, like physically. You well, see, you see the, the box, box. Right, but you right? don't know what it's in or right. where, you know, if it's on something, under something, behind something, is it buried? Is it in a waterfall? Is it in a bag at the bottom, bottom of the river? Like, you don't know. The poem, I think, you know, speaks whatever. to it. But again, it's extremely, yeah. like, metaphorical. Right. And it's, it, or it could be extremely literal. There's no way of knowing. And I think yeah. that's what people really like about it. And people have taken like family vacation just to go look for Finn's treasure. That's what this this guy Nick. Um, they were. It's something he's been chasing for a long time. And they were on a vacation somewhere else. He has, I think, two boys, high school age boys. He and his wife and two boys were on vacation in another part of the country and were sitting around and bored. And he was like, "Let's go to Yosemite and go look for the treasure." So they got on a plane and flew there and. Did the next bit of research and they did it as a family. And that's exactly the point of the whole thing. I think that's just awesome. I saw a documentary by some Vox reporters, a guy and a girl, and they were after doing all of this elaborate research, each one of them separately was convinced that they knew where to go. (laughs) And so I think they spent a week or something and they went and, you know, went to each one of their independent locations together and ended up with kind of nothing because they didn't really know what they were doing. They were from New York, and so they're not avid campers or outdoorsmen. So they, they rented a car and mm. drove around. And But we had a thing when I was growing up in the panhandle of Florida called the Billy Bowlegs Festival. He was a pirate. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. All right. He was a, a well-known pirate back in the day, or it could have been lore. I don't know. But as a kid, there was a Billy Bowlegs Festival. Billy Bowlegs. Yeah. It was a thing, like but that. every year they would hide this uh, this medal. I don't know if it was like a gold medallion or sometimes I don't know if it was actual gold, but it had monetary value and it had kind of cultural value. Hmm. And in the newspaper, every so often they would put out clues in the newspaper. And so cool. it could be in like the Panhandly area, usually within a county, so not a specific city, but it would it, it yeah. varied. Yeah. And I remember one year. Um, my brother and I and our friends, like, we built a pirate ship to go in the Billy Bowlegs parade. Hmm. So, and we ended up in the mall, and it was neat. And we were going to go find this treasure. But I was, like, seven. He was ten, and my mom tried to help a little bit. And like, we would go on the weekends, and it was the same thing. It was, like, it was neat, and it got you out in the community. It yeah. got to where you think some of these places are. And I remember the one year that I was mad about it and I stopped doing it is that there's this park down by the beach. And like someone that we knew was convinced it was at this park. And so we went and we scoured that park for hours until my parents just got irritated and were like, oh, we're we're leaving. (laughs) That's it. And that stinking metal was at the park. Really? Yep. It was at the park. It was in like a a little crook, like hollow of a tree, Mm -hmm. like on the side of the park, not where we were. Hmm. And I forgot somebody found it, but it was just gold. I mean, as a kid, it was gold. Yeah. Like you found this gold medallion. We painted gold. I don't know, but it had value, I think. Huh. But that whole, that whole thing is extremely alluring. And yeah. to do it on like a national park style scale. And some people are like, the whole thing is fake. And if I was watching interviews with this guy, he's like, it, it's not fake. There's no reason for it to be fake. Yeah. That's, that's what he's saying. He's like, I have all this stuff. He's like, I don't need it anymore. I wanted to give it away for this purpose. Like he, he was extremely articulate about why and where he's like, I know exactly where it is. He's like, I could walk you there right now. Yeah. And it's, it's lighthearted and fun. No one's getting hurt. Right. Yeah. Even if it is fake. Yeah. Even if it is, there's still some positive benefits to getting out and exploring and doing all those things that you talked about. But 
you could end up with (laughs) some Byzantine headdress. So, okay, um, have you ever done geocaching? Yes, I love geocaching. I have a few geocaches to my name. Mm, Really? Mm -hmm. I've thought uh, not too long ago, I thought about creating one and hiding it here in town. Yep. Um, This would be a perfect town for it. It's extremely walk-aroundable. Yeah, and there's a few here. Uh, there's actually one like 100 yards from my house. Really? Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. only one we found. Um, and it's easy to find, but when you... Well, I probably shouldn't have said that because now the few that are in my town, people will know that... Ouch. Yeah. Okay, the brick separator doesn't work for this part. Sure it does. I, gotta, I don't think it matters. Anyway, there's a few in the town, um, and one of them is pretty close to the house. But... Uh, we've only found that one, and we've wanted to go out and, and look for more of them, but we just haven't ever made it out. Maybe this fall when it's, like, cooler. So explain to those people who don't know what geocaching is. I don't really know, like, much about where it came from or how... I don't know all the ins and outs, but a friend of mine, also Josh, um, was really into it for a while in Savannah and was always just, like, telling me about it. So basically, people take a little container, waterproof container, weatherproof container... And they put a little note in it or some sort of a log, a log. Yep. to where, and then and they hide this thing. They hide it somewhere and then they put a, there's an app and you put like a general location, an area, and then you give some clues about where this thing is in that area. So it's like a, basically you're supposed, like, supposed to give a lat and long. You're supposed to give an actual latitude, latitude and longitude. Okay. But yeah. still, that doesn't narrow it down to. Not walking around enough, but right. I mean, if you have a yeah. GPS, it'll, that latitude and longitude We'll get you in the general area. Yeah. And then from there, you have to find it within, you know, it's, it could be up in a tree or buried or yep. underneath something or inside something or whatever. So when you find it, then you open this thing up. You write. Sometimes there's a little stuff in it. There's like little toys, toys and things. and trinkets that mostly, yep. you know, either if you're going to take something, you should put something back in yep. there to replace it or you just leave it in there. There's always a log. You write your name and when you found it and then maybe a little message or something and then put it back in there. Close it up. Leave it for the next person. And that's it. That's it. But it's just fun. It's like little mini treasure hunts. There's nothing at stake. It's just... It's a homeschooler's dream. Yeah, I'm sure. It's it's great for kids because yep. it's a... We get to go on a little mini adventure. And no matter where you are, I would assume worldwide, but I know at least in the country, you can pull out that app yep. and look for stuff near you. So... Everywhere. You're traveling, you're bored somewhere, there is one near you. Or if there's not, you can make one and hide it. And it's got a little, it's got a little culture along with it too, mm-hmm. because it talks about muggles, like from Harry Potter. And oh, so, really? Yeah. When you go to, when you go find these things, like they're pretty much telling you like, be cool, man. <laughs> Don't be going out looking around like some kind of hooligan so that the muggles know what you're doing. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a whole thing. And so you got to be cool about it. And when you find it, just put it back in place so that the people who don't geocache like, they don't get to be in on it. Right. Huh. And so when we were at the park one time, uh, when we were in Alabama, I think that was the first one that we did. There was a Publix, like, at the grocery store, and Deacon and I went to go hunt for treasure behind the grocery store, and we found it. Hmm. It was, it was pretty awesome. It was a log. So it's a log that you open up, and it's a little, like, treasure box inside. Oh. So they went all out. There's some of them that are the size of, like, half the size of a AA battery. Mm-hmm. That you can unscroll. I found one of those on uh, when we were traveling. We were looking around for a bunch of them, and it was a billboard, and it was beside this like electrical weird kind of panel on a billboard. Had a bunch of random things on it, and one of those little things it has a little magnetic top, oh. so you just clip it to something. Wow. Yeah, the one that we set was a medicine bottle that was attached to some fishing string that we threw over this bridge, and so it was in the water and lived in the water. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, geocaching is super duper fun, and it's like treasure. Some of them, like you're saying, some of them have toys. Like, the minute the deacon found out that he could get toys, he was all about it. And I think the first one, I had a screwdriver (laughs) in my Jeep, and so we traded out, like, a little matchbox car for this screwdriver that I had because we wanted to pay it forward. The next person was probably pretty bummed. She's like, sweet toys, uh, screwdriver. Losers. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Uh, it's something I'd like to to do more of for sure. We were talking about uh, taking our kids camping 
maybe this weekend or sometime very soon. Um, and that's another thing I need to remember, like while we're camping, whenever we're camping to just like pull that out and see if there's anything nearby, because that would give us something to a reason to go into the woods, you know, I haven't been camping in a really long time. That was a satisfying click. I would like that click. Oh, leg. Yep. Boom. You got some big legs that attached on there. Sturdily. Sturdily? Sturdily. That's not a word. (laughs) All right. What else has happened since last week? Oh, oh, the Mandalorian. That was really fun. Yeah. You just had yourself a little moment there. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. New TV show. Yep. Star Wars live action. Jon Favreau. Jon Favreau's producing it, writing it, and producing it. And then a bunch of other people are directing eight episodes. Okay, so it's going to be on Disney's streaming service. They haven't, I don't think they've named yet, hasn't come out yet. What do you think about that? As a... I think it's super smart of them. But what do you think about the the whole trend that we're heading towards of so many streaming services? Because, you know, for a while it's been effectively Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. And then Amazon came in. Mm-hmm. Apple's been around, but I don't, I don't know that that's Thanks. really a streaming service so much. as HBO has got on board with Hulu, but there are a couple of like cable network. I think CBS wanted to do their own. They have their own all access thing. Yeah. NBC has one um, or is ha- going to have one. I don't know if it's out yet. I think it's inevitable. Um, but don't you think it's interesting that it's basically replacing the... The thing about cable was you paid a whole bunch of money and then you got all these channels, most of which you didn't actually want. But so if you if you take the five or six channels that you actually mm-hmm. watch, the 70, 80 bucks a month for cable split between those five things, we're getting back to that. Yep. But you just get to pick where you spend those things rather than and you don't have the garbage channels that you can just like put on the weather channel and sit there and have, you know. I don't I know. Think, it's I a it's you, a weird thing. I think it's giving people the illusion of choice. Yeah. Because even like, so for cable, you would, choice? you would watch the shows that you would watch habitually. And then maybe if you were bored, like what's on TV today, that's what Netflix is. You're going to go back to those same shows that you right. watch or new shows that you like. But then there's 80% of Netflix that is, you know, anime Japan animation or like Westerns or some foreign films that, you know, you may or may not have interest in. There's a huge amount of Bollywood films on Netflix. Yeah. Huge. That's great. That doesn't hit my demographic. Right. I'm glad that, you know, people can watch what they want to watch in an affordable way that they would be probably a lot more difficult in traditional TV to find things that they want to watch. True. But that doesn't really work for me. And so if it's weird, like Disney has a lot of properties. Disney is able to probably make an entire streaming service like they're doing full of content that I would probably watch on the regular. Mm hmm. But they would have to take stuff away from Netflix. And they are. Where's that other piece? Oh, nope. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't want to have a bunch of streaming services. Yeah. I don't like that I have to do that right now. And I like, it's like, oh, it's on Hulu. I'm like, oh, it's on this. And that's fine. This is a um, capitalistic system. Yeah. So you should have your choice. Right. And they should be able to compete. And it was smart of Disney. To be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think Disney step. is in the position to where I would be more likely to get that on top of what I already pay for than if like, well, like HBO. I have no interest in paying $10 a month for HBO. In yeah. fact, here's the funny thing. Um, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've heard lots of good, lots of bad, mostly good. Um, and we've never made the effort to try to watch it because, well, one, we didn't have HBO and I don't want to pay for a service just mm-hmm. for a single show that I may or may not like. Um, and, you know, like I've heard a whole lot about the first season or two and how it's there's just tons of like graphic stuff and lots of sexuality stuff that yep. just doesn't really sound like something I want to sit through a lot. But then other people are talking about like once you get past that, like the story's so good and the effects are so good and it's really cool. And so... Jenny and I were talking about, well, I was like, well, maybe we'll just get the trial for HBO. We'll watch a few episodes, see if we like it, and then we'll go from there. And (laughs) so we were at Sam's a couple weeks ago. And uh, this is like the day after we had had that conversation. We're at Sam's walking around, and I see seasons one through seven of Game of Thrones on a Blu-ray pack Mm -hmm. for 99 bucks. 
And I was like, the number of episodes that is, and as long as it would take us to have the streaming service to watch all of those episodes, because we wouldn't watch them straight through. We watch Mm -hmm. maybe one show a night if we're lucky. It would take forever. And so I would be paying for that service for a very, very long time just to be able to get through those. It would definitely, they don't want you to figure this out. Well, it would definitely be over $100. So I was like, well, I'm just going to buy that. Get it. Never seen the show. I'm just going to buy it. And if we don't like it, I'll sell it on eBay and I'll lose a little bit of money. Can you return it? Mm, probably. I don't know. Hmm. But I mean, it's a popular show. I don't think it would. I would have trouble selling <laughs> it, you know, if I couldn't return it. So anyway, I felt kind of dumb. But at the same time, I was like, well, we're going to watch it. We're going to try it out anyway. Yeah. You know, so we watched it. Um, I don't know if I'll say this publicly, but whatever. We watched it with another friend's account. Mm-hmm. They had an HBO Go account, and they were like, "Oh, just sign into ours, and you can watch it." And then they got Directv, and so like it went away. Mm. And then we finished the first season, and I mean, it's not terrible. That's one of those shows where people are like super emphatic about it, like. Um, the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So I, I put it in that same category. Like it's the production quality is good. It's not bad. It's kind of neat. It's Lord of the Ringsy type medieval type stuff. And mm-hmm. like we watched uh, Rome. Oh yeah. A, and yeah. kind of Henry the Eighth and those kind of things. Like those are pseudo historical, <laughs> historicish. Yeah. <laughs> and so the people in Westeros, like you could view it the same way, where it's some. Um, pseudo weird history in someone else's dimension right. it's, it's entertaining yeah but all those fears or all those concerns that you have like yeah they're there yeah i know that they are and i've heard enough people talk about it and stuff but that's why when the the people that we were poaching hbo from when they got direct tv it was like oh well okay yeah it's still not enough for me to go out and get it to right. go get hbo separately yeah. it's like oh that was that was entertaining if it was on, I'd probably watch it, but it was not drawing enough for me, even in the neato first season, to go out and do much other than that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, I see what you mean about this leg connecting. That's like a bunch, what's five separate connections? Yeah, dude, that thing is pretty gnarly. Wow. Okay, ready for this? And the microphone, super quick. Oh, wow, that was disappointing. That was a little underwhelming. Did, yours was way louder Mine than that. It was. I did it better. Oh. Step up your game, Claggett. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, for the other side, maybe it'll be better. Maybe not. All right, so we got distracted. Mandalorian. Yep. Um. Oh yeah, we started talking about the streaming service. I think it's smart of Disney, and I think they are the one of the few people that I would pay for to have that service because they have so much. Like you said, they have so many properties that you're not paying for like kids shows. You're paying for kids shows and Star Wars and Marvel and yep. I don't know, whatever else. They will own it all soon enough. So um, people are very upset about that whole point. I don't know the why. Disney buying up all the stuff. I don't know why. If, if anyone has proven that they could take something and do a pretty good job with it, it's Disney. You know, I mean, like, yeah, no matter who has control over what properties... Nobody's going to be happy. Not everybody's going to be happy with it. I don't know how to say that sentence. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, has Disney actually bought Fox yet? Is that I don't think down? it's actually gone through. Okay. Because no. I remember seeing something that if they did, that they would cancel all non-family-friendly programming no, that no. doesn't already have like an established timeline. I don't think so. Because I, I heard the main dude, I don't know what his name is, say that you know there was still possibility for R-rated... Um, Marvel properties and stuff like that. So I don't think that's the case. That that would be a little too on the nose, in my opinion, for them. Like, you can't target that huge amount of content at only a very, I don't want to say a narrow group of people, but, I mean, they're there to make money, right? Yep. And so if you don't make this huge group of people happy with something you're leaving a whole lot of money on the table and they seem way too smart to do that. I don't know. But the Mandalorian looks cool from the single image that's been put out. <laughs> that's what I love the most about this show. Uh, it has a general idea. Yeah. It has a producer and a single image 
and people are super excited about it. Well, you know, people are. Ex- I always love Boba Fett, whether it's uh, worthwhile or not. Disagree. No, people, not all people. People, not Josh. People, I said people. Yep. Um. And so you know, it, it's it piggybacks right on that interest of people. Uh, it's also set in between the movies in a place where it's after Jedi. It's in a place that we don't know anything about, really. That's what I like. Yeah. That's what intrigues me the most. They're kind of, they seem to be framing it as a Western mm-hmm. gunslinger. Like they called him a gunslinger, I think, in the. Oh, you say him. Well, I said them. Yeah, okay. that's the thing. I don't know. So, okay, we talked about this offline. But if you look at the one paragraph description that talks about this show and what it's about. There is no, and it feels intentional to me, there's no indication whether it's a he, a she. No gender-specific pronouns. No gender-specific anything. Whereas it's so natural for us as people to, I don't know, that feels like a ploy. It feels like a thing. It feels like you're going to watch eight episodes of this character and you never get to see their face. And then in the last minute, they're going to pull their helmet off and you're going to be like, oh. It's a young teenage girl this whole time. They did that already. I know they did it already, but that doesn't mean they won't do it again. I could be wrong, and I don't care if that's the case. That doesn't really matter. That's not going to ruin anything. I, I take issue feel... with that. Okay. If it's a female character, don't make it the hook. Like, exactly. <gasps> well, yeah, that's what I mean. It don't should make be a shot. from own the it. beginning. Own it. And make her a... a a champion exactly that people could rally behind and enjoy for what it is not like yep. they got bamboozled into something and that um, shouldn't be something bamboozling like there are strong female characters especially in the star wars universe now yeah, like that real. corner has been turned yeah own it accept it and and rock it out like even in old westerns like nicole kidman was in that one movie and she was shooting oh, up folks. yeah yeah like there's a precedent already set yeah. And if you're not using gender-specific pronouns to try to keep it vague and, ooh, they all have helmets and, ooh, it's, it's super ambiguous. And, like, we were even looking at the body posture of the one picture. Like, that could yeah. be a man. I don't know. It could be a woman. Like, if it's a woman, then great. But they're Mandalorian, so it's not really a man or a woman. They call it something different. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, the thing is, like, in uh, you haven't watched all of Rebels. We've talked about that, but no, because it's not on a streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It will be. Yeah. Um, but the character Sabine is a very strong female character. I, man, I can't give. I don't want to say anything because if you haven't seen it, I'll give away something about the show. Anyway, I thought it would be actually really cool if the character in this new TV show is her. Mm. I don't think it will be just because they probably want to keep introducing new things. Yeah, I you know, think it's time for people to branch out. Tying stuff in, but it would be, it would fit and it would be pretty cool because then you would see some continuity from, you know, something that recently, kind of recently ended, but is it from a different time period in the universe? Kind of. Because mm. Rebels is all pre-New Hope. Yep. So this would be, you know, whatever, 15 years after that, at least. I guess that's when Jedi was. Or something. I don't know. Whatever. But I just like that they're bringing new people into the Skywalker-verse. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the Skywalker-verse entire... is almost over, right? Yeah. And it's exciting in a way that there are so many creatures and people and races in the Star Wars universe like, the one thing I liked about the prequels is that you're showing off, like, all of the Jedi Knights and all the Jedi Masters that are not just, you know, like, Yoda. Like, here you go. Here's one other person that could be a Jedi. Yeah. Everybody else is just, a, like, a, a person. Well, and then when they showed them all, and you're showing, like, uh, Plucon and Mace Windu and all these other people that are not just, like, break. Well, I guess Mace Windu was a regular guy. Um, like, there's more. Show yeah. me, show me all the more. Yeah. Well, but I think part of, hmm, I like that you got to see a bunch of, in the prequels that you got to see a bunch of different races of alien being Jedi, but there was no scarcity there, right? So like, there's so many Jedi, big deal. Mm-hmm. They have basically an army of Jedi that are leading 
there's so many of them that like who cares it's not a big deal whereas the whole skywalker story the point not the point one of the things about it is that there's scarcity this is the end of it all we've lost mm. them all they're all gone oh wait there's a new hope right there's one remaining potential and then you you've gone through these whatever seven six movies five movies and then you get to the last jedi oh no we've almost lost them all again and at the end you're like oh wait there's going to be more but and then, there's there's part of me that just goes like oh that's like the scarcity is what makes it kind of interesting and like you know hmm. have the you have the gandalf you have the one gray wizard that yeah. is left to carry on this thing and protect people and whatever not like oh there's an army of superheroes with laser swords that can do whatever they want and be in charge and if you try to take them down they're just going to wipe you out you know i don't know i mean they're they're just different things but i think that's part of what I'm going to miss about the Skywalker story being over with. And granted, there can be a different way to do scarcity within that same universe. But like they are the reason that they stood out in the universe is because there were fewer Jedi almost gone. And Vader, Anakin was special. He was the top. He was the most. Mm -hmm. And so you have scarcity in two dimensions there. He was the one to bring force to the or bring balance. Right. To the galaxy. Yeah. So even in that, like, there is a single entity. So you're on, a, like, a one-track timeline here. Yeah. So you're following who the one is. So now that Luke Skywalker is dead, they were saying that Leia was supposed to be the one to bring the Force, or bring well, all things into balance. And so it's... I, I get what you're saying, that you can have way too many of a thing that... It's less interesting and it's less special because everybody is there. Yeah. I get that. Like, for instance, Boba Fett, when he was created as a character, mm -hmm. he was totally different, right? Nobody had a mask like that. He looked so different. Then they built this story around it. Oh, well, he's a Mandalore. Okay, well, but they're all dead, so he's the last one. And then they go to prequel. Oh, and we're going to take that one dude, and he's actually a clone of this other dude, and then we're going to make a million clones mm -hmm. that are all effectively Boba Fett. But he made Boba Fett, like, un... Unmessed with. Yeah. yeah I, I know. But it's just, like, he was cool in the beginning or interesting to people because there was mystery around him and there was one of him and that was it. And they diluted it? And then they diluted it. Mm. So... Then they made him just trip. And he died like a chump. Yeah. Whatever. That was a bad move on their part. Should have put a little chain. <laughs> How much... Well, he should have just gotten his jetpack and shot out of the thing and then, like, landed in the sand and been knocked out or something. You know, like, okay, he's not dead, but... Okay. If I could take the helm of Return of the Jedi for a second to change <laughs> my thought completely on Boba Fett, because okay. that was an interesting point, right? He slips, trips, and falls. He whoopsie-daisies into the Sarlacc pit, <laughs> which I think is the dumbest way to die in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. He... Shoots the jetpack, drops some thermal detonators, the Sarlacc explodes, and then he just lays waste to stuff. Captures Han again. Ooh. Like, in this, like, whoa, that would have been cool. And I was like, whoa. In my head, I just went, whoa. Yeah. That was redeeming, but he did it. He, he whoopsie-daisied, and he should have had better traction. There should have been a guardrail. <laughs> the safety officer in charge totally of the design of that platform was sleeping on the job. <laughs> And it cost us. Yeah. The And that's what gets like people love Boba Fett. And I think it's just it's the coolness of it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean he doesn't he didn't do he anything didn't do to anything. warrant it. No, I agree. He didn't even capture Han. No. He was standing there. They gave him to him. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I but, guess he did track him, but anyway. Yeah. I'm with you. So hopefully the Mandalorian series will redeem the entire culture for me. Not having seen Sabine do what she whatever does in Rebels. And yeah, I mean, even there, there's there's a ton of Mandalorians, and I don't. It was cool, but it it wasn't like like those guys are out. They have jetpacks. You know, jetpacks are pretty boss. <laughs> but I mean, this one there's one. So maybe it, maybe it will have that same scarcity. Well, kids are back. You know, because there is a single. He may be the last one. She may be the last one. It's right? called The, right? The Mandalorian. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
could be nothing. Grammar's important, kids. Yeah, it is. All right, what else we got? Oh, you're done with the, the I'm legs. I'm done with bag nine. This thing is heavy. Yeah, it is. Imagine how heavy this whole thing is going to be yeah. when it's put together. It's going to be big. Yep. How long have we been talking? Uh, we are 40 minutes in. All right, well, I've got some pros and cons if you want some. Let's do it's it. It's been a minute. It has. So some of these I wrote down while in the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them we've gotten in an email, which are super awesome. Thank you. Oh, we were going to talk about Die Hard. Since I talked about travel. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the other day I was looking on our company calendar and I just got a pop-up that just said Die Hard. <laughs> and I'm like, what's, what's going on with Die Hard? And you're like, the old-timey theater downtown is playing Die Hard, which I'm all about. I love the Die Hard movies. Yeah. I think they're super cool. But you said that you saw it one time. I've seen it once, and I think I probably saw it on TV, so it was like the edited version. Mr. Falcon? Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. But I, I remember liking it, but it, you know, it, and so when I saw that it was on this calendar, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a chance to go see it, like, in the right yep. setting. It's right around Christmas time, so doing like, it. that'll be awesome. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yep. That's what I hear. There you go. So, I asked you, do you remember why John McClane had no shoes on? Ooh. I do not. So there's a very famous scene where he's walking around in a bathroom and like broken glass and he's running around this, the Nakatomi tower with no shoes on the entire time. And it's very easy to miss. So whole premise of the movie is he and his wife have separated. He lives in New York. She lives in Los Angeles. The company flew him out to Los Angeles to go to their Christmas party. He's a New York cop, just a regular old guy. And she's in this hoity toity like company. He doesn't seem to fit in. So they flew him out first class, which he's very uncomfortable in. Okay. And he meets a guy on a plane. This is like all in the opening credits. And a guy on a plane was talking about making fists with your toes, if you can picture that in your mind. Mm-hmm. He's like, after a long flight, you'll always make you feel better if you go onto some carpet and you make fists with your toes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> and so my the first half of my professional life was flying. And every time I would get done flying, I would go on the carpet I have one rug. Like most of the places we've lived have had hardwood flooring. Mm -hmm. So when I was deployed, I bought this rug. And that is my, like, I'm going to make fists with my toes. Okay. And just shake off the kind of flight. And it kind of works. Really? So he was was changing at at the place, making fists with his toes. (laughs) And people start shooting. And then he starts being like regular guy trying to save the day with no shoes on. Because I stopped and thought after I had seen it many times, I'm like, where are his shoes? You're at a Christmas party. It seems very inappropriate for you not to have shoes. Right. And that's why. Huh. He was making fists with his toes. I did not know that. But now I will know. Next time you get off a plane and you feel a little just like, I have to wash my hands because my hands all seem Mm. sticky and gross on a plane. But go ahead and scrunch your toes up on the carpet. Make feel a little better. my toes. I'm missing a piece. What you missing? Uh... A one by four flat. I have. No, no, no. Oh. This black. I have two of those left over, which seems odd. So maybe I misused them somewhere else. Oh, the black one. Yeah. Oh. So I guess I can use. You could double it. Yeah. Okay. Some pros and cons. Some pros and cons. Uh, so we'll do a couple from travel and then some couple from just regular stuff that people have asked. Okay. Uh, so, I'll ask window or aisle seat. Uh, window. Sitting in the middle, pro or con? The middle seat. Con? How in the world would that be a pro? <laughs> I don't know if anybody in like actually wants to sit in the middle. Oh my goodness, why would you want to? I don't know, it seems like this barren hellhole of a yeah. way to travel. Yeah. Sit in the middle. That's the worst. Well, uh, you like aisles. I like the aisle because I've been I've been trained in my head and trained to like respond to things and mm. I feel like I can't respond or mm. do if I'm in a window seat. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I like to be vigilant and look out and see where we're going. Like the last couple times we flew has been really foggy. Mm-hmm. And so it was always my job to kind of look for the ground. And so if I can't see the ground as we're coming in on approach, I get a little like, oh, I need to I need to find the ground. Hmm. So I, I like to have access to a window, but I will choose the aisle over the window. Gotcha. 
neck pillows. Con. They don't work. There are tons of people carrying neck pillows. Yeah. And well, when we went to England for Maker Central, mm-hmm. we're in the airport, and Jenny, Jenny hadn't flown in a while, and she was like, oh, I should get a neck pillow because I can't sleep on flights. Maybe that'll help me sleep. So she buys this like $25 neck pillow at the store in the airport, gets on that plane and tries to put it behind her neck, and it's just like... It thrusts worse. your head forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you're leaning down, your chin's touching your chest. It's awful. And so she ended up like having to then deal with this pillow that she yep. couldn't use on the flight. And I think we ended up leaving it at the air. Or, no, maybe we did bring it home. She definitely didn't use it on the rest of the flights. Mm. That's the worst. I think it's a yeah. racket. Oh, yeah. But there totally. are people that love them. Yeah. They have tiny necks. They're maybe. silly. I don't know. Uh, pretzels versus peanuts. Versus Biscoff, the Ooh. little cookie thing. Mm, I've been I've been doing the cookies more the past year or so. They don't do peanuts anymore. One flight I was on did peanuts. I was surprised Recently? they did peanuts. Mm-hmm. Really? No, I haven't seen peanuts in a long time. Pretzels, we're fine. You know, I like pretzels, but cookies, I mean. So those Biscoff cookies are Speculoos cookies in Europe? Speculoos. Speculoos. So they, uh, they put it in like ice cream? Kind of like how you think like cookies and cream ice cream, but Speculoos ice cream. Speculoos? It's pretty delicious. And they make Speculoos spread. That's a weird word. It is. But it's like peanut butter, but just crunched up like cookie butter. Huh. It's diabetes in a can. Yeah. But it's pretty banging. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Those Biscoff in in the cup of coffee, it's pretty good. I don't really dip stuff in coffee, but that's a pretty good one. I've been dipping the, the last couple times I've had some Oreos. I've happened to have a cup of coffee. Really? I prefer it over milk. Huh. It's pretty delicious. I Those are never happening during the same part of the day for me, but that's interesting. Okay. I'm, we're departing from pros and cons real quick okay. because right. I had a business idea when I worked at Lockheed. Okay. You're going to give it away? Yes. Okay. Because I think I've done it before. Um, <laughs> you could make an oatmeal that you could just pour your coffee into. I mean, you could do that in any oatmeal. Yeah, but like... It's hot. The apple cinnamon one with coffee is not really that good. Oh, you mean just a flavor that would make sense with Yeah, that you could just What flavor would work well with that? I don't know. Like a vanilla or a hazelnut something? Hmm. Or just like the cinnamon one. Like we put cinnamon in our coffee sometimes when we brew it. Hmm. But you just put it in the coffee maker. It's already hot. So you could have a cup of coffee... And eat some oatmeal at the same time. Hmm. I did it one time with cereal. Surprisingly okay. With some honey bunches of oats. Because I didn't have any milk. <laughs> Gross. That sounds nasty. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was an opportunity. That, that sounds nasty. It, it wasn't bad. Anyway. Hmm. Okay. Well, now I'm kind of curious because I could see that working if you had like a cinnamon kind. But mm, wouldn't it be too hot for too long? I think it's boiling water. I mean, if you put boiling water in your oatmeal rather than like regular water and then microwaving it for a certain well, but you, time. You put oatmeal in a bowl so there's more surface right. area so it cools faster. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's worth a shot, I guess. If you're at work right now and you're watching this or listening to this, <laughs> go into the break room, go steal some Atina's oatmeal oh, and try Tina. this out real quick. She'll forgive you when you come up with this amazing, delicious breakfast. Tina's pretty nasty. I don't know. She can get quite testy. <laughs> She writes her name on individual packets of oatmeal. <laughs> okay. Right, so pros it. and cons from the email. Um, dancing at weddings. No. Gone. How did I not know about that about yeah, you? Could you imagine that? Hmm. My wife loves to dance at weddings. I mean, okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. It's me. I. It's one of those things. It's me. I know it's me. And I will fully admit it, but I'm not going to change it because... I'm an adult and I don't have to. I don't like dancing. Dancing is, is like, okay. You know how uh, not too long ago on No Dumb Questions, uh, Destin asked the question about guitar and mm-hmm. why guitars shouldn't be made anymore and whatever. And yep. he's like trying to just get a rise out of everybody. Right. I'm not doing that. Okay. For me, dancing is one of the most useless things that has ever existed. For me. Other people mm. find a lot of enjoyment in it, and I'm so glad and good for them. Mm-hmm. 
My wife loves to dance, and that's awesome. I I can think of about a million other things that I would rather do in any given situation than dance. What about slow dance? No. I mean, well, with my wife. Right. Because it's with her. Okay. That's the only reason. But is it still like... Or my I, daughter. I'm just gonna but, I'm just gonna move my feet until the song is over. It's just it's like purposeless for me. Okay. It's just like I've gotta have motion right now. And I sound like a robot. I totally feel like a robot saying that, but it's just like What about the, you could do the robot? <laughs> can do the robot. I, maybe that would be a good in between. It would be perfect. Dancing and me just Is it because you would feel like you 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 don't have it in you, or you would okay, so, okay, or you would look silly. No, uh, I mean maybe maybe it started that way, but I'm confident enough that like I don't care. Okay, I, it's not because I think people are gonna think I look stupid. I probably would look stupid, but I don't care. If Everybody think looks that. stupid, right? But I don't care that people would think that. Okay, I'm not a clapper. Hmm. I'm not. I just don't react to stuff that way. Like music affects me very deeply. I love to listen to music. It makes me feel something that nothing else makes me feel. That's there. But it's intrinsic. It's inside. Got it. And I would, I can, I can close my eyes and feel that music, but to make my body like flop around to that feeling, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm the same way with clapping. I know it's it's for the performer, like you're clapping to let them know, like, hey, you did a good job, and this is me acknowledging that you're uh-huh. good. But like, that's the only reason I would clap for something. It's for them. It's not just like this is I'm enjoying this, and I'm going to clap for it because I'm enjoying. You're I'm, a make eye contact and give an approval nod kind of fellow. I guess. Okay. I guess like, mm-hmm. I don't know, and that's like I said, it's totally me. It's not. It's just me. I have issues, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. Stella, future Stella, sweet Stella in her wedding day. <laughs> you you now know why. I will dance with my daughter anytime that she asks me to, and my wife anytime that she asks me to. That's great. That is the only time I will ever dance. Is it silly when you dance with Stella, like purposely? Uh, I mean, I think I guess I've only slow danced with her. Okay, because I will purposely like super dumb, ridiculous ballroom style Beauty and the Beast dance with uh, Elizabeth, yeah, just because it's that's fun. I mean, that's it's fun for her. Yeah. And it's just the two of us and she gets a kick out of it. Yeah. And if it would have to deal with me embarrassing my kids in public, then I would do it. <laughs> but I think that would be right. the only context yeah. that I would. I mean, I dance with my wife. I, I don't have a problem with dancing. I have a problem with the chicken dance and like just the annoying. train and whatever, like going around and the electric slide and yeah. those kind of dances. See, people enjoy that. Like, like people legitimately about, enjoy they will that. Rush to a dance floor. I don't understand uh, that. I don't get because that is not like an emotional outpouring. It's just they're like dancing. It, I think people have that thing inside them, and it, it's so much that they have to just like they have to get rid of it, and right. that's how they choose to express themselves. Like that's one thing, right. but like hey, everybody, we're gonna do a choreographed thing. Yeah. In this particular place, just go along with it. So another part of that, and I I, I know this about myself, I've never played a team sport. Hmm. Not because I'm against them or anything like that. I just never did growing up. I was in band, and that is kind of a team right. situation, like marching, like you, you have mm-hmm. to work with the people around you, and you're always aware and all that stuff. So, I mean, I've done that type of thing, but I have no interest in being on a team. I never have. It just doesn't make any sense to me, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It just doesn't appeal to me. I would rather go be active on my own, fully in control, not competing, just yeah. be active. So the electric slide is is the team sport of dancing to me. <laughs> so it's like when everybody runs out there because they want to do this like coordinated movement with other people, maybe that's like they're like, this is a thing we can do together. Awesome. Cool. They okay. also probably enjoy playing soccer to get with other people or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, great. I don't have that, like, I want to go do the same thing that that person is doing so that we can be doing the same Unified. thing. Right. Like, that's just not interesting. Dance group. So maybe that's part of that type of dance. That's different than, like, just going out by yourself and, like, flopping around. That's What about the, like, New Zealand warrior chant? Would you be a part of that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is? I you need to take time and look that up. I guess not. So... I saw it, and then the New Zealand Army, they did it while we were in Kuwait. But, like, these guys in New Zealand, they have this, like, warrior-type, like, chant and dance thing that's supposed to, like, intimidate their enemies. It's the coolest thing. Hmm. And it's them, like, screaming and yelling, and it's, like, a choreographed thing. And it's national pride. 
and they have a rugby team called the All Blacks, and they do it before every game. And it's just an intimidating looking. They're like sticking their tongue out and like screaming, and like Rah! and it's it's meant to intimidate people. Huh. And they do it at weddings. I saw something on YouTube where they did it at a funeral oh, as gosh. like a sign of respect for the person. Hmm. But I'm not cool enough, nor should I be allowed to as an outsider, like just randomly be a part of one of those oh, New yeah. Zealandish war chants. But if given the opportunity, I think I'd have to go like practice in my off time and just <laughs> like so I'm prepared when that opportunity arose. Huh. I, I don't know. I, I overthink things so much in so many different ways, but I, I, I think a lot of the non-dancing or just that non-clapping and stuff has to do with like mine doesn't turn i mine is wrong mine looks different than oh yours yeah does. it's because you got to put this in there what yeah this little guy should not be sticking out that has to go inside that hole in between those two blue pieces hmm. and even the top this double is jointed all, this is all wrong I did that could be wrong. me i don't know what's happening no <laughs> No, yours is right. Between the two of us, we'll have one working Vulcan. <laughs> we can just trade parts. Okay. Uh, astrology. <laughs> the uh, science of zodiac science. signs. The science of zodiac the signs? The practice. The practice of con. Me too. Yeah. Double dipping chips. I say in public. Uh, yeah, who are the attendees? Oh, if, man. This is going to be hard to do. We will say Thanksgiving. So that could be your immediate family or weird boyfriends of immediate family. Mm. So people that you kind of know, you may not be super comfortable around, but you're going to like have to be in the room with a bunch of people. Uh, you probably know all their first names. Yeah, I would say immediate family only. And even then, like we try to discourage it with the kids just because they should know better, but or they, they will need to know better later. Is it because of like... You don't, like, goop your spit and, like, stick it back in the bowl. Maybe you don't. People shouldn't eat chips like that. That's just... You need to have some class. Well, that's the thing. Our kids don't have any class. Our that's true. Our kids don't do anything that's not self-serving currently. But if you didn't have to teach them life lessons 24-7 and you had a chip and you bit half of it. But if they weren't around, say you're at a fancy party and they just happen to have some, some queso. And you're like, okay, give me some of that. And they had full chips. And not the little broken pieces of the chips. I've come up with if you, which again from the outside would look like you're double dipping, but if you have a big chip, you dip it, you bite the chip, you flip it around, so that the unspit part of the chip then touches the stuff. Is that still double dipping? Uh, I think so. Because your breath. I mean, when you put it in your, your mouth. Breath? Okay. If you're sick. And you breathe out. You shouldn't. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm, you All may right. not know you're sick. Hmm. There are situations where you don't know you're sick or okay. you are a carrier for something that you don't know. Okay. It just doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not considerate. Okay. I would say no. I would say in that situation, take your chip, break it in half, dip half, eat it, dip the other half, eat it. You're good. Same, that's same effect. Good, you know. That's good consolation. There's consideration there. Or just scoop out some of the dip. On one of the tiny snack plates. Yeah, or just pick out pick out the bowl, carry it around with a handful of chips. Right. And like, it's you're yours. Good. This is mine. It's now. yours. <laughs> you can just eat it with your hand. You can drink it right out of the bowl. <laughs> Peanut butter fingers. <laughs> um, oh man, I ruined this. I took this thing apart okay. trying to fix that thing, and now I don't know how it goes back. Okay, let me see here. No, I don't need your help. That back off. No, I don't. Need, I just I haven't gotten to that one yet. Breakfast for dinner. Breakfast. Absolutely. Con, 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 pro, pro is the Pro's word the that I was one. going for. Yeah, we have breakfast and dinner probably once a week. Oh yeah, we do that all the time. I should look at this one as the example. Uh, yeah, we do that a lot. It's a, it's one of my favorites. Essential oils. Oh, <laughs> we're getting political <laughs> this here. Is, uh, Tiff is still like three or four episodes behind. She won't find out about this until uh, probably Christmas time. Mm, she knows my stance. It's no secret. There are a lot of things that that I want to say it. There are a lot of things that have yet to be proven to me with any actual description as to what they do. And until something has not even like a not not like a scientifically tested, I'm not talking about that, but until somebody can say this does this because of this. 
I'm just hesitant to believe that it does anything. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> because I have never had example of this chemically does this to this. Therefore, it will make you feel better or feel this or fix this or whatever. Not saying it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy it until I see some somebody who's kind of knows what they're talking about. Give me a reason. Have you tried them? No. Okay. So I'll, I'll play. I'll advocate for my wife real quick, and then I'll tear down that advocation. Um, Careful. Yeah. So she was, I mean, both of our wives are really into essential oils. I think mine may be more than Jenny. I don't know. But if I have a headache, which I get headaches a lot, Tiff's like, oh, you put some peppermint oil, rub it on your head. I'm like, why would I do that? It just makes my head oily. And it burns. I did it one time just to get her to like, okay, let's do this. That would give me a headache more than it would. It burns so bad. It burns so bad. It was like the major pain thing. Like, I'm going to hurt you in another way to make you not think about the way that you were originally hurting. (laughs) Um, So I kind of get that most commercial medicines are derived from some type of plant or something a long time ago. Some cultures chew this, so they don't have that problem. So some company went and took that that element and added it into something else that is now a medicine. And so I think the claim is that you're getting the most pure form of that help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that the thing, the medicine that I just took worked. It's worked in the past. I know it's going to work again. I'm just going to do that and it's going to solve my problem. And I'm because gonna there's go on clinical trials that say we've done enough research and testing on this particular thing that it does the job that we've said that it does. Yeah. And so if right. you give me the super condensed like molecular version of that in another form it has side effects like it peppermint oil burns when it's on you or whatever kind of oil like they smell really bad or it seems like a the the cost benefit ratio like why am i not just going to take the thing i already have why am i going to spend an unnecessary amount of money on oils when we have icy hot in the in a cabinet Mm-hmm. Like, why is that so bad for me right. when it's essentially the same thing with other stuff in it? And it may be the argument that the other stuff is the stuff that's bad for you, but I don't, I don't know that. And no amount of, nope, I see, I almost said something that would have got me in trouble right there. Um, I, no, I'm against essential oils for me. People want to use them and rub them on their feet. Like my dad uses them. Which is kind of crazy. My dad's a super conservative, like been his whole life, but he doesn't like taking medicine. When stuff hurts, like Tiff talked to him about oils and he uses one kind of oil she gave him and he claims all up and down that it works great. And he is a generally skeptical person. And so that's wonderful, but I don't feel the need to go and do that. I think it's masking something. That if there's a part of me that hurts, I mean, and I kind of feel that way about most medicines and Tylenol and things like I can solve a problem right now, but there's a bigger issue. Oh, right. I yeah, hurt yeah. for a reason. I'm not big on medicines for sure. Right. And so I, I'm against it for me. If people want to do it, that's great. Don't put that goo on me. It stinks and it burns. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I got the last one. I, I think I got my line fixed, Today's but I have. Is it Jobby's turn? Uh, oh, there you go. But I have an extra piece. What's that? I don't know. I don't remember this being a part of this set. <laughs> I don't think I put one on. Did you so. take something off? No, this has been here like the whole time. I I found a piece like that in one of the steps and I went, ooh, I would have easily missed that if I wasn't looking. Here? Because oh. there's a blue one on oh, one. Oh, there's a blue and one, a on one on one. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yep. Teamwork. That's what it is. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, we're over an hour. Sweet. Um, we finished our lions. Our pros and cons list has been exhausted. So if you're out there and you want to add to the discussion by sending us some topics that we can talk about for our pros and cons, or if you think that there's a movie that Bob and I have not seen, uh, yeah, send yeah, it to us. We need to do that. No I, instructions. Instagram page. You can mm-hmm. send it to us. We both peruse yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I need to think of some more movies that you haven't seen that I think you haven't seen. You need to do the same for me. Let's do it. Okay. Have you ever seen The Wizard of Speed and Time? No. No. Why would you have? No one in the world but you has seen The Wizard of Speed and Time. You know the dude that 
somebody okay we should talk about that remind me to talk about that next time there's a funny you had to explain that story to me a funny recent story about that recent though. story yeah Ooh. through instagram oh yeah okay yeah so we'll talk about that next time um where can people find you you can check out instagram at the pi workshop both of us at i like to make stuff on all the stuff and there is a no instructions podcast instagram we don't have much on there yet but we'll be posting some pictures of the sets as we do them and stuff yep I was thinking that if there was something that we talked about that was supplemental, yeah, post a picture of that for context in there. So maybe if there's things that we've talked about that may need some extra explanation, maybe post a little a little quick picture like, yeah. "Oh, that's the thing I was talking about." Yeah, like the good. Wizard of Speed. The Wizard of Speed and Time. Let's we'll do that. And we didn't talk about R2D2 at all this week. But R- yeah. yeah, R2D2 has bones. He's got bones and skins and a head ready to put on. But no legs. <laughs> no legs. I right. got no legs. That's it for this one. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.